For better or worse, F1 is upon us. Six months of preparation, construction, inconvenience, and pontificating are all about to be in the rearview mirror. Today on CityCast Las Vegas, we talk with reporter Alan Snell of LVSportsBiz.com, who has been closely following the travails of Formula One's invasion of Las Vegas. Excitement and trepidation are all around. For race fans, sure, but also our elected officials who will be judged on whether our town comes out ahead when the checkered flag finally comes down. It's Wednesday, November 15th. I'm David Figler, and here's what Las Vegas is talking about. Alan Snell, welcome to CityCast Las Vegas. Hey, it's great to be here, David. Well, we're talking F1. I think everyone's going to be talking F1 all week. Um, Last weekend, the CEO of Liberty Media, which owns Formula One, issued an apology to Las Vegans, adding at the end of it, though, that they're, quote unquote, going to bring something like $1.7 billion of revenue to the area. For you, Alan, did that statement help or hurt F1's relationship with Las Vegas? Well, I think most folks accept these numbers uncritically, so perhaps it did help them. Just keep in mind that the original number when it was released was $1.2 billion by our local resident sports booster slash consultant, Jeremy Aguero, and it got edged up to $1.3 billion. And now, as you mentioned, the CEO of Liberty Media, which owns the F1 property, has told Fox News that 105,000 people will be generating, like you mentioned, $1.7 billion. It doesn't take much to do the math. That is per capita spending of more than $16,000 per person. That's a lot. <laughs> which to me sounds a little that sounds a little on the high side when you consider that most people who come for sports events in Las Vegas, and this has been documented through interviews by the local tourism agency, the LVCVA, they're spending... so they're counting on 105,000 visitors for this race, spending more than five times the amount what the average sports tourist will spend here in Las Vegas. So if you uncritically just soak up the number, sounds very impressive. Uh, but um, if you take a closer look, you might be a little more skeptical. And of course, they're saying, well, these F1 visitors are a special breed of super duper richies who are going to just like spend money like it's going out of style. Whether that'll come to fruition or not, we'll see. Alan, as a journalist, though, how do how do you go about verifying these economic impact claims? Who's checking these numbers? Well, uh, the issue with this particular economic impact number will need to be fleshed out really when the numbers come back afterwards, when the sales tax revenues for Clark County are assembled and distributed. And then you can compare it uh, to the same week and the same month uh, a year ago. So it will take time, David, to put together all the numbers. We have to be patient and we'll stack up the spending um, 
the rhetoric with, that we've heard here in Las Vegas is that this event is happening much like National Finals Rodeo at a time when tourism is traditionally down in our market uh, and the week before Thanksgiving. So that was kind of a big deal. So the numbers will probably be low um, to start with. So I would think that the bar is pretty low for uh, F1 this uh, this weekend to uh, to uh, surpass. And like I said, um, people need to be patient and we'll look at the numbers afterwards. Yeah, I'm sure that, you know, traditional slow season, if you will, if there ever is really a slow, slow season for Las Vegas, was part of the pitch deck. I've also been seeing recent reports of dropping ticket prices and hotel prices. You know, the CEO seems to be bumping up the numbers. Um, why are they not bumping down the numbers of an economic forecast when we see those dropping prices? Right. Well, the CEO can say anything he wants, but the proof is in the pudding <laughs> on the open market and on the secondary uh, ticket websites. So you could literally just track them and connect the dots day after day. And like you mentioned, the reality is that the ticket prices are going down. The hotel prices are going down. And this we have actually see this even for local Vegas Golden Knight tickets. If you have the backbone to wait it out a half hour before puck drop, you could actually get a pretty decent price for a Vegas Golden Knights hockey game, which traditionally are very expensive. They're among the most expensive tickets in the National Hockey League. But if you're willing to wait out and wait to the last moments and, and hours before the F1 race, I'm predicting that you can get, I mean, a couple hundred dollars, two, three, four hundred dollars, maybe to the average Las Vegas person might not sound like a great deal, but Perhaps it is a great deal if the ticket started at three or four or five thousand dollars. Yeah, for sure. Uh, it is interesting. An interesting comparison with the Golden Knights, who of course have engendered a lot of community support and pride. F1, not so much. Well, we do have to mention also on the community impact side of things, the MGM removal of the Bellagio trees. Uh, that angered locals probably as much as the construction seems to. Are, are the casino operators here seeing the potential of F1 that locals are absolutely missing with all these sort of side issues? Well, listen, this is not a new issue for our town. I mean, let's face it, the hotels and the owners run the strip. As much as we locals like to think that we have some impact and effect, um, the, the bottom line is the hotels call the shots. And they lean on the county commissioners to do their bidding. So um, it was, if I recall, a the county commissioners, uh, just to add another little wrinkle in this, David, um, and I'm just bringing this up because it was a county commission vote. As you know, the county and quote unquote locals, the county is on the hook right now on negotiating this $40 million repaving bill, which has been a source of uh, right. controversy if I recall, the county commissioners voted four to three to to basically negotiate with the Las Vegas Grand Prix slash F1 slash Liberty Media about the $40 million figure. So in answer to your question, I just think the hotel owners are looking at this as a tens of millions of dollars of revenue that they're going to reap at a time that you know they probably would be getting less revenue. So- you know, to me, it's a, it's a dollar and cents um, black and white issue for the hotel owners. It's literally, I mean, tens of millions of dollars uh, at stake for the hotels. And, you know, unfortunately, 
the the trees I thought was kind of a symbolic. I, I mean, it was symbolically kind of a. If you think about the strip, you don't really think of it in terms of natural trees per se. No, no, you don't. You don't. No, but you the don't. interesting thing about the strip was that it's what we have here in Las Vegas. And if you just kind of allow me to backtrack just a little, we don't have a a town common or a common meeting place. So what functions as the one common physical feature is the strip. Well, like it or not, it is the strip. It's where the parade was held for our conquering heroes when they win championships. And it's where people gather for protests. And F1 came in here and basically they were not a very nice visitor. We opened up Las Vegas, Clark County, opened up our house, our doors, uh, i.e. the strip. And we did not appreciate the way F1 treated us in our own house. That's that's how I kind of look at the, the the tree the tree issue. Yeah, it's like they walked in our house and then immediately uh, relieved themselves in a potted plant. Like <laughs> that's not being a nice visitor. Just to add a further spin, not only were those uh, you know for for Las Vegas old growth trees being there at the beginning of the Bellagio, but I understand some of them even came from its predecessor, the Dunes from uh, the the golf course area. So. Uh, storied history into mulch. That's uh, the the Vegas story. But I, I do want to lean in a little bit to the the stakes for these elected officials because you know you mentioned that this you know had in hand for the repaving forty million dollars is what's being asked for, not a light sum. Uh, and and the county commission did kick the can down the road a little bit just to kind of see how things worked out. I, I'm just wondering if the elected officials are going to be the ones who pay, uh, both literally and figuratively with their jobs, if this thing just kind of doesn't work out the way that everyone is anticipating from the hotel side. Uh, that's a great point, David. Um, I'm a 11-year resident here in Las Vegas. I've worked at newspapers around the country uh, on uh, government and local issues. And I will tell you, you raised a really great point in the communities I covered People, when they get mad, do more than just do angry posts on social media. They run for office. I mean, they get ticked off and they make it a public issue. And it's a spark for people to run for county commissioner. I had a friend who he he, he jokingly said, "I'm I'm throwing my hat in the ring to run for county commissioner because he was uh, upset about how F1 treated Las Vegas and Clark County, but." I will tell you that uh, uh, I'm unaware of any people who have said they will now run for office in county uh, at the county government level, at the county commission level, but I would not be surprised. And this is the kind of visceral issue that will drive people and get people upset to the point that they will run for elected office against the county commissioners who voted to you know, bring this event. And also, as you know, we have nine more years of this. This is a 10-year deal. Although I understand the first three are binding and that it's, um, I think it's kind of a pending deal uh, on, a, on an annual basis from both sides. So also the LVCVA is also locked into a three-year deal to have the tourism agency provide value of $19.5 million toward F1. So there, so we're definitely on the hook for at least two years, 
and possibly more. Alan, who do you think has been most inconvenienced by this race? Do you, do you hear any stories from your reporting from locals or others? I would say the uh, labor staff. And, you know, there is one of the most powerful unions in the country here. I mean, the culinary used the timing of the negotiations with uh, the big three, you know, Caesars and MGM and when. And it it looked like it was a obvious leverage job to really muscle home, you know, negotiations on those contracts. So, yeah, I would I would I would have to say the workers. Sure. Unfortunately, it doesn't seem like they negotiated in uh, a convenient and efficient way for those very same culinary workers to get to their jobs. Um, um, But I'm also seeing in in your reporting and others, you know, uh, how. Businesses are having to close down. Restaurants are losing nightly reservations. Some businesses are somewhat inaccessible. Uber drivers, taxi drivers avoiding it. Tourists not posting really nice things about their Vegas Strip experiences. How does all this fit into the story? So it fits into the story that I think if you're an intellectually honest economist, you should factor in the revenue losses of the businesses that don't have I've lost our access. You know, economists have theories about displacement uh, regarding how the people who are coming in and spending money, you know, keep in mind, like you mentioned, there are people, there are tourists who will be avoiding the strip. There are people who will be consciously making decisions because of the traffic and the headaches and the stress to not buy items, to not buy services, to not to go shows. The shows are dark. So the revenues that are being lost from all those income generators, those losses need to be factored into the economic impact so you have a better understanding of the net benefit of this event. Well, I mean, the net does go a lot of different ways. I mean, this is supposed to be the first of many F1s in Vegas. The the first one is always going to be the most inconvenient. Uh, and you know, a lot of the construction and paving that had to be done for this whole process is estimated to go from the six months that we've had to endure to just like you know a relatively quick six weeks for the next one and future races. Also, there's event spaces that have now been built, which are around, which we didn't have before. I mean, I guess the argument could be made that this does help F1 become a worthwhile investment for the city. Right. So if it generates new income. Down the road, there might be people who come, there might be events or promoters or organizers who, like you mentioned, take advantage of the improved infrastructure, then you can count that income in favor. Yeah. And I'm wondering, as both a journalist and an observer, at the end of it, what will be your measure that this F1 was a success? Well, I'm going to look at the numbers. I really want to look at the sales tax numbers. I want to look at Occupancy rates. I also want to look at how much the average rooms were being sold for, and uh, and the revenue numbers. So, you know, those numbers will come out in the wash. It's we can't really make a judgment now or even over the weekend. And also, you have to factor that in with your locals and you know the the losses of any businesses. It will be an interesting evaluation process. I mean. Depending on your role and orientation toward the race, you could take it, like you said, either way in terms of 
quote unquote, judging the, the, the success of the event. Yeah. And I can't imagine that some people aren't so entrenched in the success that no matter what happens, they're going to put that spin on it. I mean, LVCVA has become quite adept at doing that. How do you hold them accountable? Right, right. So you will see, obviously, the Steve Hill, Jeremy Aguero, the uh, the chamber folks, the hospitality uh, organization. Obviously, they're going to be putting, I can tell you right now, I can predict there will be a very good spin on this event. And I'm sure, you know, the race is Saturday night. I'm sure, you know, Monday morning, there's going to be, you know, a lot of uh, positive spin going on <clears throat> weighed against, like you said, <laughs> the experiences of locals and workers. You know, I listened in on the county commission meeting when Terry Miller, who probably has the hardest job in Las Vegas, he's hired by the Grand Prix to be the quote unquote project manager, which basically involves going to public meetings and updating people on the the road closures and the infrastructure support network. And it's pretty much not, he's definitely not Mr. Popularity. Yeah. I.e. becoming the most hated person of the moment. Basically try to convince the Marilyn Kirkpatrick's, you know, the Justin Jones of the county commission that everything will be okay. The minor rail is going to be taking workers to their jobs. And uh, there's the big uh, parking lot there at the convention center and you can take the monorail. And Marilyn Kirkpatrick asked, I thought, a very valid question. And she said, well, how will the workers even get to the parking lot in the first place you know, before they take their transportation to their jobs? So this is going to be a very fascinating uh, practice and infrastructure and moving people, which is kind of not exactly, as you know, David, not Las Vegas's strong suit. It's a place where mass transit is considered, you know, um, t electric Tesla is going down in a uh, in a in kind of a tunnel. That's that's Las Vegas's idea of mass transit. So two to three people at a time. <laughs> we're not we're not we're not exactly the most advanced transportation hub, you know, around the United States for sure. Right. And that area around Paradise and Las Vegas Boulevard, uh, certainly not a paradigm of easy flow uh, on regular days, let alone race days. All right. One last monkey wrench into the whole works. Uh, as of the recording of this episode, there's like a 40% chance of rain. I, I've driven here in, in Las Vegas in the rain. So, Alan, uh, what do you think the impact of a rainstorm on race night would be? Well, uh, whatever locals wanted to come, it might inhibit them from coming. In terms of the race, these are the these are the best drivers and and racers in the world. So, I think they'll be able to handle going 200 miles per hour down the strip. You know, it's kind of funny because the LVCVA tries to handle every possible factor involved in an event, but at the end of the day, there's one little issue that you can't control. And that's what, and that's weather. So, M Mother Nature could could be the biggest uh, impact of all uh, on the event and, and and the takeaway. You know, especially if people are spending ten, fifteen, twenty thousand dollars. I've done stories on. You probably heard about Wynn and Caesars coming up with their million dollar and five million dollar ticket packages. So, um, I think I mean those folks will be in very swanky suites, uh, David. So. 
the people in the suites, I don't think will have much of a problem. There's a lot of suites along, I believe it's Coval there. But like you said, you know, for if you're spending 500 bucks, a thousand dollars to be in the grandstand and, and it's, and it's that cold 43 degree uh, rain that we sometimes can get, which is kind of unusual, but you, but still a possibility. It could tarnish uh, the experience for, for goers for sure. Yeah, just another in an endless series of odds that are probably being posted on some board somewhere. <laughs> hey, Alan Snell, thanks so much for joining us today and talking about F1 on CityCast Las Vegas. It's a pleasure, David. Thanks for your time. And that's all for today here on CityCast Las Vegas. If you enjoyed the show, ah, go tell a friend, rate the show, leave us a review. You could even like do it while you're watching the cars go zoom, 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 and subscribe to our morning newsletter. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more news from around the city. Till then, stay lucky. Stay lucky.